the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. Dr. Ezekiel, the pediatrician who shut down everything. She's the head of Sinai Hospital. Don't go there. Man, oh man, did she blow that COVID stuff. But you know, Democrats have a way of failing and then lying about it. And that really is their platform. I have Joe Biden embarrassing the nation once again with his display of Joe Mencha. As he now pretends to be a professor. When was he a professor? Does anybody remember or is anybody going to ask or does just no one care now that we obviously have a president that is mentally unfit to do anything except embarrass himself? I've been on a lot of university campuses. Matter of fact, for four years, I was a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Huh. Even the the co-conspirator in fascism, Google, can't validate that. It turns out he really wasn't a professor. It reminds me so much of the 1988 run for president when back then there were standards even in the press and he was ridiculed out of existence question <laughs> what law school did you attend and where did you place in that class and the other question Who is cares? could you quickly i i think we i, I think i probably have a much higher iq than you do i suspect <laughs> i went to law school on a full academic scholarship the only oh, one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship in the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. If I could say one thing. I think just in my own opinion, I'm not questioning your IQ at all. I'm just saying that... With Boy, back then, though, he could really string words together, huh? See, before the dementia, now we have after the dementia. And what I like about it is like um, most people who are at that last stage of life, they get a little testy. Yeah, they're a little testy. They're a little ignorant. And uh, I like when they snap at people who even though they're rubbing lipstick on their derriere, they still manage to snap at them. Well, I've never believed that. Oh, I well, believe we know capac- quite better than that, so you're right. The- no, but you know, let me just talk for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, the, I'm a professor. You okay? are the president. That's <laughs> no, all no. that we need. Yeah, you know? Don't interrupt me, toots. I'm the big cheese in this phony baloney school, which reminds me, it does make sense if he uh, claims to be a professor. It does make sense why he wants to buy off the youth with free education, because there's another little shocking thing that came out today. Turns out there's still 33 percent of this country that's dumb enough to believe this idiot shouldn't be hauled off 
by his collar, which he should. Inflation's soaring, and it's at a pace we haven't seen in nearly two generations. And as costs continue to rise, the president has seen his standing in the polls continue to decline. A new CNBC survey out this morning, uh, conducted by the same two polling firms that do the NBC News poll. So what he's telling you in his Democrat way is they can't even fraud the polls above 33 percent because this is a frauded Democrat friendly poll that even this rat station uses. Have President Biden's job approval rating at a lackluster 38 percent. It's down three points since their December survey. 15 points underwater. That's down two points from our survey. Again, same two polling firms, DNR polling firms that we use, uh, do this work for CNBC as well. When you look deeper into this poll, it sure looks like inflation and the overall economic attitudes are just driving those numbers. 48% say that the cost of living is the most important issue facing America right now. It's by far the top issue and more than any other age group. Here it is. You've been hearing about these problems with Biden, with young voters. Voters under 35, this important part of the Biden coalition say this is the most important issue and it's ahead of everybody. And, and these folks think the economy is in worse shape than any other. Agent. Well, they're the pigeons that are going to be paying off this mindless, ridiculous, destructive economic policy of the modern day Marxist mafia member are those people who are under 35. So they're very irritated because they understand exactly what's going to happen to their future. They're not going to have one. So Joe Biden has to figure out a way. To bridge that gap. I know. Let's give away somebody else's money so that it benefits the bulk of that age group. And that is why there is talk today of an executive order, an executive order that would eliminate school debt. Now, they're going to put it under a limit where, oh, you're only going to get $25,000. You're only going to get $30,000. You're going to get 20000 whatever number it is. But I'm going to tell you, it's at that point you will see what the opposition to the corrupt mafia of the Democrat Party is. Because at that moment, multi-class action lawsuits should be filed. Because the, the, the real skinny is. It only makes up for a fraction of this society. And the question will be, does Joe Biden have the authority to give money away to select citizens? And we don't know much about these select citizens other than they signed for a debt they don't want to pay back. That's pretty much all we know. For instance, I heard a bunch of news stories today. I really did. And it was all the youth Democrat scourge in Illinois and the destruction that they caused from breaking windows to, uh, where is the clip? Where is the clip? Huh, huh, huh. Okay. And developing this morning a series of CTA incidents overnight with at least four riders robbed at gunpoint. Yeah, these latest attacks have been so many lately, span train stops from Edgewater to Lawndale. CBS 2's Marissa Power has been on this all morning, and she joins us now with what she's learned. So I was thinking about this and the car incidents in Schaumburg as 63 car windows had their, they, they were broken, and they finally got the suspect. He was 26 years old. What if he has college debt? Does Joe Biden get to alleviate him of that? Because this blind giveaway of your money, this blind act of socialism, isn't something that's altruistic and virtuous and something that's deserved, as you heard Bernie Sanders rail about how they are the virtuous among us. This is very similar to the scoundrel Willie Wilson bribing people to vote for him for mayor of Chicago. This is buying votes. It's that simple. Because the reality is the idea that there's still 33%, 38%, that can't see exactly what this political whore is today and has been is nauseating.
It is so obvious there has been books written about it from culture of corruption. There has been investigations by Republicans. There has been scandal for 50 years, so much so that even Valerie Biden was in on it. James Biden was in on it before the crack smoker was able to sit on the boards of phony baloney businesses so oligarchs could bribe future foreign policy benefits like you're seeing today in Ukraine. So he was asked by Mike Wallace's son. I had to figure that out if I wanted to call him a son. Mike Wallace's son had an opportunity to interview Valerie today. And I like the way Democrats lie. I particularly like the way the old ones lie. Given his lack of experience in these areas, energy in in Ukraine and energy in China, it, you, know, you can understand where people would think, gee, they were doing business with Hunter because they wanted to have some influence on Joe. Um, would it have been better? Even Chris Wallace, who during the debates defended this, even you, nepotism, even you, dummy, that if your father wasn't Mike Wallace, you'd be selling me car insurance at the rent place by the airport, huh, dummy? For him just not to get involved in those deals? Uh, hindsight is everything. Look, from 2000, what? election was 2020 maybe 2018 these same same charge same accusations same innuendos um nothing has come of it i think the word you're searching for cohort is facts see because you've been in the scandal too in fact you've been a campaign manager for your dimwit lying fraud political whore brother since the 70s when you too could stream words together very easily and now here we are. I've got to listen to a, a cohort in, in uh, Chris Wallace who actually defended these actions. This is the problem I have with these never-Trumpers. This is the problem I have with every Democrat. See, the problem is you refuse to look at the evidence that has been around for five decades of the mafia figure, the union payoff mafia figure that Joe Biden has been. But he hasn't done it alone. He's insulated himself with his Irish mafia family. From James to Valerie to the crack smoker son. Boy, how did he get qualified? I think he got those jobs on his own in yeah. Ukraine and China. Sure. And it had nothing to do with who his dad was. I think Hunter, I know that Hunter is a very bright young man. I know that he's a Yale Law School graduate. He was on several of the... the wait a minute, wait a minute. There is an entire scandal in Peter Schweitzer's book about how he got into Yale. It was during the same time that his father was able to arrange some benefits for Yale. And he didn't get in. He transferred. In the same way Barack Obama transferred. You know, he didn't actually get in. He transferred. The world. Wait, I might get this wrong. Well, the world, the board for. Get your lies straight, toots. World hunger or something close like that. Uh, and that he's been in, and he ran business, was involved in many businesses. So, yeah. I mean, you know, Hunter is a Biden you can't, he can't run. That's his name. And, and if it wasn't his name, he'd be in a re- rehab clinic, probably as a felon. Because your family is an organized crime family for all to see. And as the dam breaks on the information that you were right in your first comment, it's been lingering around your family since information became readily available to prove that you're a mafia organization. It hasn't stopped you because the Democrat Party itself is just looking for a payoff like you're trying to do with the college debt. And you will do again with the mortgage debt. And you will do again with your 
constituents, even though they may be the new illegal aliens that are bust into Washington, which I love that story as well. But that is your M.O. That is your motto, because the reality is you're a crime organization that even Democrat roach reporters like Wallace, MSNBC, the guy who's losing his hair like his neck was on fire, Chuck Todd, and the rest of them, even they can't turn their back on the fact. And we want to turn now to a CBS News investigation by Catherine Herridge, who spoke with a top Republican senator who for years has been investigating the business dealings of the president's brother and son. CBS News has learned that more than 150 transactions involving either Hunter or James Biden's global business affairs were flagged as concerning by U.S. banks. Oh, I know. Let's give away more money. No one will look. Just give away more money. Who can we bribe? Which constituents will turn a blind eye? Let's start with everybody that's a Democrat and then go to the independents, because that's the only way you could stay in power is bribery. That's what you are. He should be impeached today. By the way, how much longer? How much longer? I've been on a lot of university campuses. Matter of fact, for four years, I was a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Sure you were, Hans. You just can't tell anybody why your socks are wet. 312-642-5600. AM 560, the answer. I'm Hans Christian Anderson. I've many a tale to tell. And though I'm a cobbler, I'd say I tell them rather well. I'll mend your shoes and I'll fix your boots when I have a moment. Maybe if Biden had Danny K. Hare, I can tolerate. But I can't stand a fracking liar. And I'll tell you another thing that bothers me. The notion that there are people in this country that would support a blind handout to college graduates. Blind. Yet, I was listening to... Uh, I was listening during the, the, the commercial break to Hochberg and the lawyer that owed 100000 to the IRS. Well, how much did he have in debt that he paid off? Should he get nothing? How about all the parents out there that pay for their kids? How about all the kids that pay for themselves? This is outrageous that this would, this would be tolerated. Yet you had a sitting senator, and I don't mean Dianne Feinstein, who doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. You had a sitting senator, another old bag, Bernie Sanders, Go on for 45 minutes about the virtue in giving charity. Give a handout of 50000 he wanted to anybody with college debt. We lived through this once before when the people who did all the right thing just had to sit there while all the slots were paid off for abandoning mortgages. Sorry, that's just a fact, Jack. And I had to be told how it was nobody's fault and our houses are the ones that stayed in the sewer as theirs plummeted rather than letting it flush out and letting the banks go bankrupt the way it should have been. Who goes bankrupt here? Just everybody? And these kids who, who signed the dotted line, took the money and did whatever the hell they did in college, that just goes away? Well, then what's the point of it all? Then let's make everything free. Let's just admit we're Soviets. Now it would explain these old, corrupt, dimwit bastards that nobody seems to want out of office, no matter how much they lie to your face. This country has no standards, none, at least for certain. The Democrats don't take a look at these people. Uh, Debbie, Hammond, Indiana. Yes. Good evening, Sean. How are you doing today? Wonderful, Debbie. Probably as aggravated as I am. Yes. Today I went on a job interview, Munster, Indiana. All right. Now, mind you, I'm a certified uh, nursing assistant, and I I also worked in transportation. All right. I had a job recruiter that was clueless. 
And I want to address this uh, Internet mafia racket that we're going through. Isn't it amazing that we have good job applicants that are being held hostage by bots that are outsourced with AI? We got trolls looking for keywords, but they're kicking, locking up job boards where good applicants are being overlooked. But if you pay a fee of forty nine ninety five, your resume can get boosted to reach that recruiter or that prospective employer to help you succeed. We got yeah. Gable, Tarda AI, Monster, Indeed. Yeah, I agree and in with return, you, and, and the reality is, And the reality is, it's not um, a far stretch to think that ultimately your jobs will be hindered per your political belief structure. We see it in big business. We see it all over. And that's how you slowly take the principles of a nation and flip it to a Soviet society where the most incompetent, the most corrupt, the most dim-witted politicians have the most secure position as long as they're willing to tout Soviet ideology. Big Mike, long growth. Hi, Big hey, Mike. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Good, buddy. Good. Hey, so, you know... I'm, I'm, you know, with all this stuff, the school loans and all this stuff, I'm just tired of getting kicked in the nuts. And I hope this thing with Elon Elon Musk goes through, yeah. that, uh, that he, he gets to, gets a hold of Twitter, takes it private, and then we could tell the truth to the American people. They can pull their heads out of their you-know-what yeah. and figure it out. We won't like lose that. another election. I like so, it, but here's what I want to know what your, t- what your thoughts are about about him getting this company. I like it, the, the, the overall big picture of it, but here's what I don't like. Prince Blinky Elweedy, who is at the root of so much American corruption, from Citibank to currency fixing to the Clinton crime family to the Biden crime family, he makes out the most. That bothers the hell out of me. But I would like to see him get it back. I mean, after all, it would explain, you know, I would like to see him maybe give the ex-president of the United States a platform. Thank you, Big Mike. The idea that you can de-platform a president of the United States should tell you that, uh, the job accusation by Debbie isn't too far off. Paul, Twin Lakes. Good afternoon, Sean. Good afternoon. I uh, just wanted to give you a brief statement on my feelings. Uh, Trump is a liar and a con man. I'd just like you to digest that in your mini mind. In my mini mind? Yes. And, and you don't think that Joe Biden is, though, huh, Paul? You fracking moron. You piece of dung. You idiot. You voted for a mafia boss, you stupid son of a dog. I never said Trump wasn't. You just can't do two things at once with your mini mind and your mini Schwansteiger because you're a Democrat roach. Yes, you are. Now go wallow in your failure because as inflation hits, I'm still going to do better than you, scumbag. Mitchell displains. Hey, uh, Sean, first of all, keep in mind that sloppy Joe Biden, okay, got kicked out of the uh, primary in 88 because he literally stole and plagiarized a speech from a well-known politician in Great Britain. Word that doesn't word. mean anything to they a need- scumbag. Hey, Mitchell, that scum that just called, who has the wife with that sexually frustrated look on her face, she thinks orgasm is a planet next to Jupiter, that doesn't matter to him or that fat wife of his. None of it matters. Well, you got, Go ahead. Democrats, you got radical Democrats that are basically have the creative, the critical thinking of a third grader. And the previous caller, to your credit, okay, was a low-level scumbag. And you called him out for exactly who he is. This uh, person go, couldn't I tell only you, hope, okay, Mitchell, he, 
He lives on the south side of Chicago and goes for a walk in that Democrat utopia around dusk because that's how they deserve to live in the ghettos they build, in the, in the squalor they support, in the corruption they stoke and embolden. That's the kind of scum that Democrats are. 312-642-5600. AM560, The Answer. Yeah, that Richard Irving, there's another scumbag voted for Biden. And in the totality of what Joe Biden and the Democrat mafia stands for, the facts are irrelevant. The shutdown of their lives, they have two years to waste out of their lives because they don't do anything with their lives. They look for something for nothing. So that doesn't mean anything. They're willful slaves. If you're a Democrat, your mind is that of a slave. And you just want to get something a little extra from the master. So you don't care in what form it comes. You just want something for nothing. And the ramifications to the future, the devastation to the future by the mindless debt, by the unconstitutional fascism, this means nothing to you. Because like the callers, like the Democrat roaches that sit and in, in wallow in the, in the sewers of the ghetto corruption, they vote for whoever is a Democrat. Whoever. We just had a guy call. He's challenging. Who's he challenging, honey bunny? Uh or he's running for what seat? The, the, the other uh, scumbag, what was his name? Bobby Rush. Is he a Democrat? Yeah. Then I don't want him on the show because they're fungible. It's the ideology of fascism, the ideology of corruption that that mafia s- stands for. That's why you must reject it all. And that's why I rejected so much of Donald Trump's cabinet, his son-in-law, Bill Clinton's Biggest supporter was, was his father. How about the one that looked like uh, Liza Minnelli? Steve Mnuchin with the trophy wife. What a joke that was. Scumbag, Steve Mnuchin. See, but I can do that because I don't love and worship an ideology of corruption, an ideology of socialism. The Democrats do, which is why they'll take this dementia patient. They'll take this walking liar, this embarrassment for five decades. It doesn't mean anything to them. They don't care if it's Dianne Feinstein. They don't care about the corruption of Nancy Pelosi. They just want in on it. See, Democrats is not a political philosophy. It is a character flaw. It is that of a gangster. So they love the corruption in unions. They just want that phony baloney deal. They want to sit on their ass during break. They don't want to work. And they don't care about anything, not even their own kids, which is why abortion is such a big issue. Go ahead, kill them, honey, you rat bastard. That's the kind of ideology you're dealing with. You're trying to win a fiscal argument, an argument on policy, with someone who's willing to kill their child. You're not going to win an argument with them. They're scum of the earth. Carlos, Hoffman Estates. Listen, Shawnee, I, I find it high, highly disturbing how they can't let go of Donald Trump. They can't let go of Donald Trump like they can't let go of COVID. You know, I, I have to tell you, you know, Carlos, I'm sure you've, you've listened for a while. I, I, especially during the primary, I didn't like 80% of, the, of what Donald Trump was running on. The reality is, when he was in office, how were the policies for this country? And the fact is, they were fantastic. And the greatest policy he had, this is my favorite part, was that he crippled the war machine for the most part. He really did. He threw it in a tizzy. He he wanted to, to stop the CIA wars. He would have never participated in this oligarch war. Never. 
it probably would have never happened because his ideology was simple. You're going to invade. I'm going to kill you. I'm not going to waste the soldiers. I'm going to bomb Putin's house, which is how it should be. Or he would have at least talked to him. But notice how the Democrat, the pseudo-intellectual, the same Democrat who camped outside Bush's ranch, notice how they support this war. Because they have a mind of a slave, they're told what to think by the party, like communists. They're just party friendly. Yep. The issues mean nothing to them because they are willful slaves and they always will be. And that's why they can't let go of Donald Trump. That's the only way they can live with themselves because they have a dementia, a corrupt mafia dementia patient who's clearly a foreign asset of Ukraine, which is getting billions of dollars and no one's asking questions, and of China, who has made a fortune and nobody wants to investigate the Wuhan lab. Notice how that all went away. And the reason is the people of this country, they just want their student debt paid or their mortgage or their free health care. This is the problem. And this is why you've got to abandon these areas. Believe me, Carlos, because they're going to put in another moron like Irving. They're going to put in another Democrat saying he's a Republican because they like the game the way it is. And you've got the, the constituents like that moron who called about Donald Trump. You're exactly right, Carlos. Good luck. I hope I see you down here as my neighbor, because that's where the future's going. Believe me, even the Californians who went there for movies and for the best state, even they are fleeing. Stolen car, stolen back. Unfazed by security cameras, a security gate, and security guard, brazen criminals strike over and over again. Michael's had enough. He's moving the family to Texas. The number of instances that have happened since the year and a half that I've lived here has been in the half dozen range and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of feeling unsafe. I'm tired of losing our property. Just pick a Democrat sewer. It can be a municipality. Wherever they rule, chaos, predators thrive. That's who owns the streets. And what about the CTA? Wasn't Lori Lightfoot in her detective costume? Wasn't her answer for high gas prices to give you free CTA rides? How does that work out? And developing this morning a series of CTA incidents overnight with at least four riders robbed at gunpoint. Yeah, these latest attacks have been so many lately, span train stops from Edgewater to Lawndale. That's okay. The, the ride is free, and it's saving the environment. Sure, I could get shot, stabbed, and raped, but that's called public transportation in a Democrat ghetto. Mike, Wisconsin. Yeah, hey, Shot. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I wanted to tell you a, a, another take on the whole student loan thing. I'm, I'm a bit older than you. Back right. in the day when I went to college, the student loans, that was kind of a new thing, and it was to give people an opportunity to go to college. Yeah. So now he's, he, he wants to take the people that theoretically went to college, so theoretically have good jobs, and get their debt paid for by the people that didn't go to college and theoretically have crappy jobs. And, uh, it, <laughs> right. That's uh, called, it, it, that's it, called the bottom like supporting the, the middle. That's, that's welfare to the wealthy for, from the yeah. poor. That's how it always works. It, everything is backwards. It's, the whole world's upside down right now. And the reason uh, Mike is their philosophy, socialism itself is a lie. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. It's a lie and it's perpetrated by the most prophetic liars. They're called politicians. If you break down any of these policies, every one of them is built on a web of lies. But see, if you tell a lie to somebody who is a loser, somebody who doesn't have any dignity, they'll accept it. 
Because in that lie, you can weave how they're entitled to something. And now you've got them. And you have an army of welfare people. And when I say this, this yeah. has nothing to do with race, because there are far more white people on welfare than any other race. Far more. Which is why when I hear these clips about how they're, they're going to um, segregate and stoke the idea of welfare because it helps minorities... You know you're being played like the rest of the nation. Thank you, Mike, and I'll tell you what I mean. Inflation on the rise again. The latest numbers from the Bureau of Labor Statistics show prices up more than 1% between February and March, 8.5% higher than a year ago. The sharpest increase in more than 40 years. The real-life impact of these numbers, food up almost 9%. Take a look at this. Gas up nearly 50%. For black and Hispanic Americans who spend more of their income on those essentials than their white counterparts. How do you get to that? No, 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 no. How do you get to that? Because that's a lie right there. Fact of the matter is, there's about 37% of white people on government assistance, 26% of black, 16% of Hispanic, 3% of Asian, and Native Americans, 2%. Huh. But the minorities are the ones that face it hard. God forbid their people stop being willing slaves and start looking at their lies. Then maybe you could fix things. Of course, you'd have to arrest the entire Democrat mafia. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. Listen, I think this is very optimistic. I'll tell you what I mean. I loved when L.A. enforced a travel ban to states that were not run by Democrat scum. For that, the L.A. County Board of Supervisors has voted unanimously yesterday to suspend all official travel to Texas and to Florida. Good. Stay where you are. I get these scum Chicago Mafia Democrats who vote for the likes of the yard gnome Mike Madigan, even though they get robbed, their mothers get robbed, their kids get robbed, even though their home equity just declared, they wallow in it. And they talk about how they support Joe Biden. They want to call my show. How many buttons are on a car radio? Change the station, you piece of dung. Wallow in your failure of Chicago Mafia Democrat sewer corruption. I believe you call it utopia. Wallow in it. I don't want you listening. I try to deliver to my people, my people, Americans, who can look at a scumbag and call him a scumbag. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with... She Lying scumbag. Love it. If you voted for that, I don't ever want you to say a word to me. I don't want you in a room with me, and I certainly don't want you listening to this station. Go wallow in your corrupt failure. Pick a Democrat stronghold. It's, they're all over Illinois. I mean, you've only captured, what, 60% of the state that try to be Republican, yet they're dragged into your ghetto sewers. And you keep, you keep electing the very people who are caught. So when you hear these scandals of this. I think he got those jobs on his own in Ukraine and China, and it had nothing to do with who his dad was. Of course she doesn't. No one does. That's how they get their jobs. And they like it that way. That's why they love unions. Because they know it's a mafia. They love, they just want to cozy up to that fat-ass business agent and his Buick Roadmaster. They want to drop an envelope and get a cushy job. Because they are scum. So L.A., Chicago, New York, New Jersey, stay. I showed a house down here. First thing I said, because the guy, when I, when I, you know, when he sees my phone number or when I talk, he knows I'm not from here. You're not going to move any Democrats down here, are you? Not at all, baby. I won't tolerate them. 
So when they call my radio station and they try to get the bunny, I don't ever want you on. You're never going to get on knowingly. Because to me, you're the cancer in this society. You're the Soviet that not only is destroying Chicago and Illinois. That's, of course, what you do. Your philosophy has enslaved hundreds of millions, billions of people. Your philosophy of fascism is responsible for the deaths of 160 million people. Minimum. So stay where you are and get away from me. Rich, Indian Head Park. Yeah, hey, Sean. Uh, Hi, Rich. I just want to say I listen, listen to the show every day, and I agree with you 100%. But the one thing that I have to say, and the one person that I have to blame, and the sole person, is Joe Biden. Because he's the one, if he hadn't pulled out of Afghanistan, you're talking about $85 billion worth of military equipment. How about the and country? Today I just hear, you gave the uh, Taliban a country. I'm, we don't talk about what they're doing to their women. We don't talk about it. We, you know what? He sent them another billion dollars in foreign aid. That was, what, three weeks ago? You don't even hear about it, do you, Rich? The failure no, is so much, which is that. why, Rich, I'm going to tell you something, brother. I got to go because I'm running out of time. It's not Joe Biden. It's the people that put him there. And anybody that put him there is an enemy of Americanism. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. has been obvious for over a century since Marx and his good friend Ingalls, I don't believe any of the rumors, came up with the schematics of collectivism. They had to rewrite history in order to steal the future. The philosophy is built on lies. You see it evident in virtually every Democrat policy today. It's clearly evident in the concept, the false concept, of critical race theory. Jonathan Butcher's new book, Splintered, Critical Race Theory and the Progressive War on Truth, I'm guessing exposes that. I wanted to bring him on to discuss it. I haven't had time to read it. I'm sorry. I work three jobs. Jonathan Butcher, how are you? Jonathan? Are you there? Yes, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on, and thank you for writing the book. It's about time somebody fights back against a theory that is really built by a disgruntled, what I can say from my understanding and what I've read on it, liar. And I'm comfortable saying that. Well, most certainly, I think the, it distorts reality. It says that the understanding that we have of America as a place of freedom and opportunity that has a self-correcting mechanism through a representative government is false. And they argue that civil rights only progressed to preserve the power of white individuals. That's what critical race theorists argue. And um, what does it base its principles on? Because if you look at the history, or the American history, and you, and I mean aside from the fact that our country is the one where minorities of all races have the best opportunity and do the best, aside from the ones that fall under the lure of government manipulation. But why is it um, that so many people are susceptible to the lies of American history, in particular when you have probably fewer living Americans today who are descendants of, of people who were in this country then? 
Well, look, remember that the root of Marx's theory is that he can uh, manipulate government policy to create the same outcomes for everyone. And so critical race theorists built on this idea that if the outcomes are different between people from different races, that means that the racism is systemic, as opposed to the idea that we are responsible for our behavior, we are responsible for our actions, and that we don't want a government to try to coerce people to have the same outcomes in their life, right? And so what critical race theory has tried to do is say, well, look, if there are different outcomes, that means that it, we must be systemically racist. And so we need government to take some from people who have earned it and give it to those who, who don't have as much. It's a terrible accusation, and it negates the individual history of all of us. vast majority of the people who did have relatives that were here during that time period had relatives who fought against slavery, fought against the idea of slavery. When you look at the percentage of Americans that lived in states that allowed slavery, 13 outlawed it without a shot being fired, you're only at about 4.8 million people. When you break down to the people who own slaves, there actually is a percentage of black Americans that own slaves, not just Willie Ellison. Has any of this been taken into consideration? And how ironic would it be that the black slave owners would get reparations instead of have to pay them, the descendants of those families. Obviously, this is a crime that nobody alive committed. But has it ever been examined? Well, I think slavery as an institution was an abomination, right? It was a rejection of our founding ideals of freedom and opportunity. There is a tremendous research literature on black entrepreneurship, even during the era of slavery and the Jim Crow era where they were, there were business owners, business creators, job creators, who were successful despite the obstacles that were put before them. And that legacy of entrepreneurship is something we should all embrace, right? Success against all odds. And then when we embrace that, we can embrace the idea that America has rejected its discriminatory path. And if you put those two things together, that should give us something to celebrate, right? It should give us something to say, this is the legacy that we want to pass on to the next generation, that there is a cultural belief, right, that the uh, future of the American dream belongs to them regardless of their background, that their agency, right, their personal actions are what can create a future for them. I love that. And it's obviously true. And this is something that we've experienced. Yet we are in an age, a time in this country when the, the most... Uh, prophetic liars among us are stoking this this race disgruntled society we live in at this point and i don't well, like the idea that we have to concede so much of our actual history isn't it true that the ulster scots were the first slaves they were white so many of this country was built on slaves from the ulster scots to all kinds of different races and it's an evil perpetrated on man and it's an individual evil i hate the idea that a blanket accusation somehow has to make me feel as if my lineage did something wrong when none of that is true. And can we combat it on fact? Or is it best to just do what you said and move on and point to the future? Well, I think that we should be teaching that uh, the first organized political opposition to slavery originated in the United States. 
uh, a gentleman named uh, Sean Wilentz, who's a professor at Princeton, wrote a book called No Property in Man, where he outlined that Benjamin Franklin and the Quakers were the first organized political opposition to uh, slavery. They were the first abolitionists. And that's, I mean, that's a part of the American story, right? Uh, that when you allow for free speech and the freedom of ideas, that ultimately it's those ideas, right? It is the, the, moral, uh, the moral idea that you cannot have property in man. That is what triumphs. Uh, it cost it, it. It took too long, and the institutions of slavery were um, should have been abolished long before that. But the very fact that you had a nation where people were able to struggle over this idea uh, is a. Uh, it's just an important feature of the American experiment. Because think of all the nations where that do not have the freedom of speech, the freedom of expression, that would have allowed for such political opposition. I mean. Uh, this is slavery has been an institution in, in many other nations. I mean, from Africa to the Middle East, uh, for where it many still years. exists. That's right. The other problem I have is is we're losing the right of free speech. We've never experienced the kind of blatant censorship that we're experiencing now in the year 2022, when we're all so sophisticated, and yet here we are having our free speech rights trampled on constantly, and I think it's it's for a fear that maybe we don't need government in the racism in order to correct racism, which is the real mission of the, the current Democrat Party. They don't want the abolition of racism. They want the authority to wield it. Isn't that fair? Well, look, I mean, I have an entire chapter in my book that talks about the free speech crisis on college campuses today and where the, the roots of this crisis came from. Uh, there were statements and have been statements signed by students and professors all over the country arguing that uh, there is systemic racism in the United States and that the whatever school there is uh, that they attend needs to abolish any white authors from their curriculum. Uh, there were actually protesters at the University of or Columbia University some years ago who you know occupied the library for a brief period of time chanting that you needed to decolonize the curriculum. So it's not not just an issue that people don't like the First Amendment. If you trace the roots of these demands, you find critical theory. That's what's at the base of this, is the, uh, the critical theory idea that you should take the rights from some people and give it to others, right? Uh, critical <laughs> theorists are famous for saying that uh, they are skeptical of the rule of law. They're skeptical of uh, the Enlightenment. They're skeptical of ideas such as free speech. It's actually the anti-Enlightenment. And I'm curious because, you know, Jonathan, this is your world. You are a man of letters. You are a Skillman Fellow in education at the Heritage Foundation. And you, this is your world. What do you predict in the future? Because what I'm seeing is, a, is uh, society is devolving, it feels like to me. And I've never thought in the year 2022 we would be losing such basic tenets of Americanism like free speech or the idea that government was able to implement open racism. Uh, what is your prediction in the future? Well, I think, for one, that the ideas and practices in K-12 schools that are aligned with critical race theory, they simply won't when held up to American law. A uh, quick example for you, there's a school district up in Massachusetts called Wellesley. They were sued by an advocacy group called Parents Defending Education because Wellesley, the school district, had a mandatory racial 
affinity group policy where they separated kids by skin color and for different school activities. Well, Wellesley settled with Parents Defending Ed. They didn't take this through the courts. And my strong suspicion is they, they settled because they knew it wouldn't stand when held up against the Civil Rights Act of 1964, right? So the more examples we find of school districts that are practicing racial discriminatory policies, and we say, all right, well, I challenge you to hold that up against uh, American law, they will fold. Uh, it simply won't stand. I hope you're right. H has there ever been um, a current study done on the path of race relations that this kind of, which is a relatively new theory, critical race theory, is there any um, study done on the damage it's already done to our society, in particular children? Well, I think that in terms of achievement, what we do know is that even in districts that have um, diversity, equity, and inclusion offices, or that they have a, a diversity um, employee at the school district, that the students in those districts are not performing better than students in districts that don't have a DEI office, right? Mm -hmm. So the evidence that we've got so far is that these DEI offices and coordinators are not at least correlated right now with student success. Um, and there's a, a gentleman that uh, works for AEI named Ian Rowe who has made the point that when you look at the student achievement when it comes to reading, you can find in places like Rhode Island that the, um, the level of white students who are not able to read is just as troubling as the level of black students who cannot read at a, a fourth and eighth grade level. So that's what we should be focused on, right? Yeah. We need to be talking about helping all children achieve. You know, uh, you should take a look at some of the Chicago teacher union negotiations, and I think it might answer some of your question. I've never seen such unqualified people pose themselves as teachers. Uh, I think there is a standard into the public school sectors that we need to completely revamp and, uh, more importantly, give an option to these people who are trapped in these sections of, of our society, mainly run by Democrats. You'll have to forgive me, but I'm from Chicago, Illinois, and we are the nucleus of Democrat failure and corruption. And uh, until we revamp this, you're never going to get uh, uh, this utopian idea you think you'll achieve with public education. Do you think that so much of this is to placate when you see the standards of testing? That is now the answer to lower that standard or eliminate testing. Isn't that an admission of failure in an education system, in your opinion? Well, look, I mean, Ibram X. Kendi, who was famous for his, his book Stamped and How to Be an Anti-Racist, he argues that standardized tests are racist in themselves, uh, when really you need standardized tests, at least to some extent, as an independent auditor of a child's learning outside of what they're being taught in school. Because if all you have is a GPA or a report card, I mean, it needs to say that schools aren't inflating grades or not necessarily challenging students to the level at which they are capable of. So we need these kinds of measures. Uh, you know, look, I think the, one of the most troubling things about Chicago is that unions have successfully squashed the growth of charter schools. And charter schools nationwide serve higher percentages of children from lower-income homes and who are ethnic minorities. And these are the very schools that are helping the kids most in need. So for unions to, uh, you know, they've made that a part of their negotiations to, to be able to block those choices frankly, is a, um, I mean, it's a tragedy in and of itself.
You know what I think, too, Jonathan? It's just me and you speculating here, just a couple of guys. I think that this party and this, this, this kind of agenda needs people who are not educated, who are not self-motivated, who are not self-aware. They need that mindset of collectivism that we spoke of, that uh, the way I introduced it, that Marxist philosophy. I think, unfortunately, in these Democrat strongholds, it's gaining power. It's feeding off its own failure. And it seems to be something that troubles me. And I'm curious to know what the people in your industry feel about the future, because I want it to turn out well. I, uh, you know, I've got a, a future. I've got a lineage. I've got kids and I, you know, hopefully grandkids one day. And uh, I'm hoping we can turn this back. And I'm hoping it can come from the institutions built on the American principles that took us from the youngest country, to the most successful, because it didn't fit the accusations it's now being forced to take on. Yeah, it's something that really encourages me is that when you have school choice options where parents can choose another public school or choose a private school um, through a education savings account or a private school scholarship, the parents that we have surveyed who are participating in these programs, they thirst after these options. And once they have this freedom, once they're empowered to be able to choose how and where their children learn, they do take great care in choosing a school or choosing a tutor or, you know, whatever this combination may be in some states that have education savings accounts where you can combine various options. So it doesn't matter the color of their skin or their socioeconomic background. Uh, once you empower them with the ability to choose a learning option for their child, uh, they really hang on to it and, uh, and treat it as something that's very precious. 50% of Chicago public school teachers send their kids to private schools. I love that statistic. I find it to be laughable and an admission of their own corruption. Jonathan Butcher, I so appreciate you coming on. Where can the people go to purchase your book? Uh, they can find it on Amazon.com uh, or my publisher, Postal Press and Bombardier Books. And we can find you at the Heritage Foundation, Splintered, Critical Race Theory, and the Progressive War on Truth. I love the title. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for coming on. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. What a great song. I used to have a 1985 Buick Riviera. Sunroof. Sure. Crossvilleur, not a roadmaster. I was a union business agent. They needed it for their fat asses. I could fit mine into a Riviera. Jim, South Elgin. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you? Good, good. I uh, was calling initially because uh, we talked about Democrat versus Republican, and uh, our friends to the east in Indiana have announced they're uh, limiting their state income tax over a period of time. It'll be gone by 2029. And also they did, the, they did some interesting things with the uh, Democrats don't want that, like Jim. That oh, Jim I know, Democrats I don't, don't want that because right. the vast majority aren't interested in achieving. They're interested in making sure other people can't. So the I Democrat understand. states will never do that. But go ahead. Right. Well, anyways, uh, interesting topic about uh, slavery and things. Um, I just sent you a text of a picture where the Tuskegee Airmen had uh, dem- you know documented whites being lynched along with blacks because they helped to had to help them do things. And also, there has been a lot of books written by uh, people, like you mentioned, blacks owning slaves and things like this. So this stuff's been well Willie documented. Ellison is somebody that nobody wants to acknowledge. He's a vicious right. son of a dog. 
May he burn oh, there was, there's a bunch of Madeleine Albright. Of course there were. There were a tremendous right. amount. In fact, the vast majority of the slave owners that were donors to Confederacy um, were, were, well, not majority, but there was a percentage. I believe it was a, three of the top ten happened to be former slaves. And that's, a, that's an inconvenient truth. And so much of the fact of this country is an inconvenient truth to those people who would like to stoke the race tension, because that's what they have to run on. Because if people of all races understood exactly what the policies of the Democrat mafia did to this country, they couldn't show their faces. So now the irony of Joe Biden, legendary racist, legendary, just look at him with Clarence Thomas. But more importantly, he eulogized the Ku Klux Klan Leader, Robert Byrd. And now he's a hero. And why? Because so many of the corrupt Democrats of all races told their constituents, vote for this corrupt piece of garbage and he'll give you free cheese. And that's all it takes. So, Jim, I don't know how you're going to reason with people at that point. I don't think you can. But I also know you and you don't really live in America that much. So go ahead. Enjoy yourself in some third world country where the women find you attractive. Thank you. I appreciate the call very much because it's important that we understand exactly what you're dealing with. You're dealing with wretched people who can come out, lie to your face, and ultimately when they're caught, there's no penalty, none at all. Joe Biden is a punchline, a joke. Now, I know that we're still facing challenges of high prices, inflation. I grew up in a family where when the price of gasoline went up at the pump, it was a conversation at the kitchen table with my dad. He's been caught. The gas never went up, stupid, from 1929 to 1975, when you were able to kiss up to union corruption, when it was really thriving. And you sold out and you steered political contracts and the rest of it. And now you're back in power. And those mafias are thriving. Don't worry, all you got to do is spread the cheese and the corruption around. Your Democrats like it. They like the lie. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. Couple things. Couple things I want to go over. Abortion. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. And it turns out Florida Governor Ron DeSantis also signed a uh Abortion law preventing women from murdering their kids after, I think it's 15 weeks. And uh, that makes sense to me. doesn't make sense to a lot of people who think that uh, it's okay to kill the babies. We call them Democrats for the most part. And people who are afraid to have that conversation. I'm not afraid to have that conversation. I like this conversation. I, uh, women's reproductive freedom is sacred. I ran on that in 2016. I it's an interesting word. It's an interesting word. That's a Democrat who touts that he's um, running on the sacredness for a woman to kill her baby. Uh, it's a Pennsylvania Democrat. I'm going to get his name for you. They're all fungible. What's his name? Betterman? Fetterman. Fetterman. The word sacred. Word sacred. And, and, and once again, you're in this position with Democrats when you have these discussions as if it's just happenstance. We're in a predicament. It's absolute happenstance. And now the only solution is somebody has to lose their future. In this case, it's the child. In most cases, it's other people who actually want to earn more money than others. But I find the word sacred to be an offense. uh, Women's reproductive freedom is 
sacred. I ran on that in 2016. I warned about Texas's attempts to encroach on it then, and it's nothing's changed except they've delivered on their threat. Women's reproductive freedom should not be up for debate. Abortion is health care. And if there's ever a vote. Another reason why you could take your universal single payer health care and shove it. It exists not on people paying to even murder their own kids, but on people who actually pay taxes funding it. And this is something that Republicans refuse to run on. They refuse to run on it. It is outrageous to me, especially when this is actually polled. And you wouldn't believe it. It turns out we're, we're in the majority. 70% of Americans, probably the same ones who think Joe Biden should be removed from office, think it is wrong to kill your kid. That I am participating in or a part of in the United States Senate, it's always going to come down to affirm women's reproductive freedom without any qualification whatsoever. And that it is something that we should not even be discussing as this country. This is settled case law. And if elected as your next United States senator, there is no there is no uh, outcome that I would support that uh, that diminishes in any way women's reproductive access. He must be a Catholic, a Biden Catholic. And I'm wondering, you know, good thing it's Philadelphia. You really don't need to win by the majority vote they got all kinds of ballot harvesting laws still in place this to uh, abortion birth control and health services across the line and that includes strengthening planned parenthood planned parenthood boy there's a crime organization not only should everybody that works there be charged with murder we should do kind of a forensic audit to how much money has funneled into that baby murdering killing field called planned parenthood i'd love to know that but I'd love to know a lot of things. I'd love, love to know exactly how much money the public has paid for something the vast majority, 70%, find to be an atrocity. I think it's an interesting topic, but it's not big. They're not big on kids. They're really not. After all, what is the future in their Democrat hub areas that they send them to? What is their school system like? What is the quality of life of children in these Democrat strongholds? It's not good. Not good at all. And when the Democrats are in office, you can guarantee that the fascism over the control of your kid, whether what they're taught and how they're sexualized, or what they have to do to even go to school or, at this point, even outside of their house. Do you think little kids should wear a mask, doctor? Um, that is what both the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends. That's what the CDC recommends. So I really do follow the experts on this, and I believe that if our America's pediatricians are making those recommendations, I'm certainly going to take that pretty seriously. And it's funny because we now have data, two years of data, and the history of it is quite clear. The states that didn't implement this kind of fascism, tyranny, had the best outcomes in hospitalizations and deaths. The states that treated Americans like Americans had the best outcomes. The good thing for Democrat mafia scum is they're immune to facts. They're immune to data. They're immune to truth. In fact, it's the truth like extending the travel masks, which is a joke as you, at the same time, eliminate the idea that illegals can come in, whether they got COVID, don't have COVID, vaccine, no vaccine, masks. I feel it's irony that illegals have more rights than Americans. And the CDC scientists determined on Title 42 
that it was an appropriate time from a public health point of view to lift the Title 42 uh, restrictions. So you guys come in. You bring all that nonsense third world stuff in. Go ahead. But if you buy an airplane ticket. We think from the pandemic stage to the endemic stage, and we need to learn how to live with it without being so restrictive. Delta Airlines CEO at Bastion also pointing to the challenges his own crew members face. It turns out the, the CEO, Delta, the crew members, they don't want the mask. Joe Biden and the Democrats just said, no, 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 you're going to have to wear masks. Once again, fascism over Americans benefiting those who promise to vote Democrats. We've always had a bit of a different standard on transportation in the sense that we know when you're sitting on an airplane, the person sitting next to you, if they're coughing, they're sneezing, you can't get up and move. So we've always wanted to be extra careful on public transportation, uh, airlines, and that, I think, is part of what is motivating the CDC science. Boy, they care about you, don't they? I mean, they're really concerned about you. long as you're not a baby, then they don't give a rip if your mom wants to kill you. That's all right fascinating is here to say let's take two more weeks let's get a sense of what's going on they really are pretty different circumstances uh and i think that's what's driving the cdc decision making on this is that what's driving the cdc decision maker i don't think it is because the same cdc says let's give the kids the vaccine even though the vaccine has numerous hundreds of thousands of side effects so much so pfizer didn't want to release the information for 70 years bell's palsy of course with a mask on you can't see the bell's palsy which is why i highly hope that many, many Democrat people wear masks. They're not very attractive. Uh, the Jimmy leg, don't worry about that. You're fine. Enlarged heart, tinnitus in the airs, that's okay. The kids can get used to it. That's the beauty of being a kid. You can get used to virtually anything. Most of them don't realize they're being disserved in these Democrat mafia strongholds. Mark Oaklawn. Sean, thanks for taking my call. How are you? Wonderful. You're on fire every every night. You're awesome. Hey, I got, a, I got a question. Do you know, do you know David Delayden was a man who went undercover at Planned Parenthood. Uh-huh. And he had recordings of them with conversations. He pretended like he was one of them. And, and he had conversations with them. They were selling baby body parts. Just Didn't like bother Nazi a Germany, Democrat just voter. Like, Didn't bother one yeah. Democrat voter. That to me, and, to and them. guess who went in there? Kamala Harris was the woman who was the DA in San Francisco. She doubled down. And she's trying to put him in jail now. And the judge that is on the, on the case, he is uh, he's a contributor to Planned Parenthood with his wife. It's 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 talk about uh, throwing out the Constitution. The poor man's not getting a trial. And and you know who's uh, uh, backing him up? It's the Thomas More Association, who you've had on. Oh yeah, and, and it's awesome. You know. Yeah, we got to get uh, we got to get them a little more active with us. In fact, I think you know I've always said that the agenda of the of the Fourth Reich, calling themselves the Democrat Party, or as I correctly identify them, a mafia. Um, I think their agenda is unconstitutional. It needs to be challenged. The problem we have is that so many of our states are infested with Democrat judges, like the two Cook County judges who sit on the investment um, um, LLC with Ed Burke, called the Table of Wisdom. So our problem is often we have to turn to the very corrupt mafia to help us. And there's always hope in the Supreme Court, but there's a little less hope now that they stuck the Democrat Marxist apparatchik affirmative action Jackson there, who's very friendly to abuse of children. Right? Hey, John, last thing. You know, the language that they use, these Democrats, that, that guy that you just had on there, uh, that congressman, whoever he was, talking about 
women's reproductive rights. They never call it out what it is. It's abortion. They make up something that uh, it's women's. Uh, uh, Even abortion is a word I don't like. Rights. I don't like abortion. It's a I, word that you hide behind. When we were kids, right? This space program, what yeah. have, abort, abort. You just got rid of a space program. Now it means killing your baby. Let's call it what it is. Let's call it whacking the baby. You're going to yeah. motz the kid. At least have the courage to call it what it is. Murder. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. Six months to the midterm. Six months. Democrat strongholds, although they should be worried, are they? It looks to me like they're setting up another fascistic shutdown of the Democrat strongholds. This way they can assure that they stay in power through their phony ballot harvesting. No question about it. No question about it. That's why you're starting to hear the murmur of the masks, of the forced vaccines, the rejection of the reality, the fact that the states that didn't implement the Democrat philosophy of fascism had the best outcomes during COVID. But they need it. They need that, and they need to understand that in order to win or to have any kind of hold, they have to have the fear of Donald Trump, the fear of the right wing. Although they refuse to discuss the fact of the policies, the fact of the quality of life, it does make sense from their standpoint that in order to keep the power, they have to hit the same tactic of Trump fear. We understand that. But there's something that else that I find troubling, and this is what we now know of the Whitmer case. I don't have a lot of time, do I? McBath. How much time do I got, kid? No? All right. I find this to be very troubling, and I'll tell you what I mean. Governor Whitmer appearing in public but avoiding questions and taking extra precautions after the trial surrounding an alleged plot to kidnap her. And throughout the politically charged trial, the governor has stayed out of the fray, insisting she's focused on other things. That trial ended for... Now, this bothers me, and I'll tell you why. If you were involved, let's say you're the victim of this. Would you not be furious? After all, people tried to kidnap you. Would you not be involved? Would you not be out front? And it looks like, from what the evidence shows, the FBI was the mitigator of this kidnapping. Friday, with no convictions, two of the alleged plotters were acquitted and the other two will be tried again. Sean Lay joins us live after trying to get a word with the governor. Sean, it's clear her security team, they have really ramped things up. They would not let her comment on it. I cannot believe it. Are you really going to go? All right, we're going to discuss this and more uh, when I get back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. I don't know how long I've been talking to our next guest, but I know he's been there since the beginning. I remember in 2020 when he was the lead political reporter covering Joe Mencha as he was running. We would have him on from time to time from the Washington Times. His name is Harris Alec. He is covering Congress and all things government. Inflation. I don't think it's the enemy of politicians. I think it's the goal 
Harris Alec wanted to uh, write a new story, Inflation Spiking Prices on Projects Funded by the $1.2 Trillion Infrastructure Bill. Oh, isn't this a wonderful story? Harris, thank you for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure, Sean. Thank you so much. Uh, glad you're uh, having me on to discuss this piece. Essentially, the crux of it is that inflation is incredibly higher right now than it was a year ago. So the amount of um, uh, projects that are going to be funded by this $1.2 trillion bill are going to be significantly less. And as we know, whenever Congress has to come back and refund something because pl- uh, prices have increased, they usually almost never do, which means that all these ports and bridges and uh, shovel-ready jobs the administration has been talking about for the past year or so are actually going to be significantly reduced if they ever actually end up getting off the ground. And this is a, well, one of the biggest stories, I think, that is emanating out because the infrastructure bill is really the only um, accomplishment that President Biden has. And right now, inflation and his own policies that have led to inflation has seriously eaten away at the value of that infrastructure bill. And it's something that most Democrats aren't willing to admit. Boy, calling this an accomplishment is like saying Donald Trump's good at picking up women when you refer to Stormy Daniels. I don't know how much of an accomplishment it is. Um, they, it, it, to me, it seems to be an excuse for more money. And you're giving me some actual hope because I like the idea that this boondoggle won't be financed. If you're saying, no, when the price goes up, they don't finance it, I'm shocked at that because I would think the natural reaction is they just go get more money. After all, they've got enough for everybody. They keep printing it up. Yeah, well, that's certainly been kind of the sentiment in in Washington. They always have enough money for entitlement programs. They always have enough money for defense. Uh, but if it ever comes to issues where, you know, you need to really kind of come back and refund it, there's sometimes it isn't a political will. And there isn't a political will because of exactly that reason that you're saying. You know, a lot of Republicans have buyer's remorse for this infrastructure bill. They're seeing how the administration is bending its, um, uh, you know, executive powers to craft all these rules and guidelines that they're putting on uh, state and local government, essentially saying that if you've got bridges that are in dire need of repair, well, repair those bridges, but don't build new infrastructure highways because we don't like cars, we don't like carbon emission, and they're doing all that. A lot of Republicans are now saying, well, geez, you know, I thought this infrastructure bill was going to be something really great, you know, uh, the the jury's still out on, on whether or not that's actually going to be the case, but there's a lot of political meddling involved here. And that's one of the reasons why I think that if they were to come back and try to refund some of this money, it would be very, very difficult for uh, the bipartisan majority to be there, especially in the Senate where you need 60 votes on a quite deal of issues. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. Look, you know, this is one of President Biden's clear accomplishments only because he doesn't have very, very many. He's been in office for the past 15 months. Inflation is at 8.5%. It's growing. It's probably going to hit 10% before the end of July or uh, even August. You know, people are losing money. Uh, the economy is beginning to stall a little bit right now. We just found out today that actually uh, because mortgage interest rates are going up because of inflation, there's actually a very, very significant chance that 16 million potential home buyers are going to be locked out of the housing market because they're not going to be able to afford the four or five or six hundred dollars extra a month they're going to have to pay because interest rates have just gone up um, at the fastest rate uh, in the past two months since 1987. And this is all things that obviously the Biden administration understands. And you know, he goes to Iowa, he's going to go to Michigan, he'll probably go to New Hampshire next week, and they'll say, "Well, this infrastructure bill is a big deal." But most Americans are beginning to realize that you know inflation is eating away at everything. Harris, you know what I what I can't stand is the open and notorious knowledge of this by our government in the new budget they have 21 or 28 billion dollars set aside just because they're witnessing a default uptick massively 
in not just um, um, arm loans on, on real estate, but in credit card debt at the same time that the last quarter, our quarter, not the government's quarter, they had the largest credit card debt by consumers in recorded history, a trillion dollars added to credit card debt. We are really absolutely. at the precipice I mean, of, of, of economic absolutely. calamity. And I, not? Absolutely, and I think that just kind of in, indicates how difficult uh, most Americans out there are you know, shouldering the burden of uh, inflation. You know, there are studies and the Bureau of Labor Statistics puts out reports every single month saying, well, you know, the real wages are down significantly because the way they account for real wages is, you know, unless you've gotten like a 8.5% raise in the past year, which most people haven't, you, you're actually losing money because everything else is uh, significantly higher. Gasoline is higher. Housing costs are higher. Food costs are higher. Every single thing is higher. And most Americans are still getting paid about the same. And even if they've been lucky to get a raise, again, if it's not 8.5%, they're losing money out. And I think that's why you're seeing more people having to rely on credit cards. And economists are saying the exact same thing. And this is really right now where you're starting to see the seeds plant for potentially a much, much larger recession down the line. And the funny thing is, you know, when the, when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, it leads to a recession usually. Eight out of nine, ten times they've done it, it's led to a recession. But if you let inflation go for too long, it always usually leads to a recession as well. So you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. I think right now most people are saying Deutsche Bank, Bank of America, all the big nations credit, all, all the big national credit institutions are saying that a recession is coming. The White House, though, isn't necessarily willing to admit that, even though the factors are straining them at the face. Uh, Jen Psaki said over the weekend that, you know, we have the highest job numbers forever. I mean, the last time that I checked, there were a lot of job numbers under President Donald Trump, and those jobs were shut down because of COVID, and now they're coming back. You know, but I mean, hey, everyone has their funny accounting metrics, right? I think the Biden administration is obviously very, very good at pushing those out. But the majority of Americans, and I assume the majority of your viewers, if not all of them, you know, are able to understand the economy is just now getting back to uh, speed from COVID. And there's a recession staring us in the face down the line. And you know what I love about this? I mean, you're looking at these people as they're telling you this nonsense. I'm curious to know if the people in the room, your fellow reporters, are starting to get sick and tired of listening to the bald-faced lies. The reality is they have not added one job prior to COVID. We've got 11 million vacancies. You've now got a welfare system that is far more advantageous to be on than a working man at this calamity and this promise of, of feudalism. And you've got the fact that credit card debt is through the roof. And there's another little dirty, quiet secret that no one wants to expose. The numbers that they're going off of, the highest in 41 years, and they go back to 1981. At that time, the Fed funds rate was 16.3%. If the answer is high interest rates, why did you have it in 81? I think they're guessing. I've never seen it more obvious as you see people that are unaware of their own actions and, and more uncertain. And um, when you see this happening, do, is there a fear among your your constituent or your people, your co-workers, that the Democrats are going to be thrown out on their derriere? <laughs> well, I think everyone at the Washington Times is, uh, you know, obviously pretty cognizant of what's coming. Uh, but I would say, you know, most reporters in, in the mainstream media, most reporters in, uh, you know, uh, center-left media don't necessarily see that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I talk to reporters and they're like, oh, well, if Biden just gets build back better through, you know, Maybe they'll come back if they push out a little more money if they bring back the expanded child care, uh, the expanded child care tax credit. And I'm just, you know, sometimes I'm just kind of cognizant. I'm saying, well, you know, the reality is that whenever you have a new administration, the president's party loses 
seats in the first midterm. They maybe do okay or lose seats in the, you know, in the re-election year. If that president is re-elected, the six-year mark, they're wiped out. And I'm telling people that these inflation numbers are just adding more fuel to the fire that was already going to be a potentially negative uh, midterm election. And, you know, I think this could potentially be as big a midterm election as 1994 was. Might it might even be be as big as 2010, but a lot of people in the mainstream media don't necessarily view it like that. They say, "Oh, well, you know, Trump broke the political mold, but Biden is not Trump," and that's what I've always said. You know, Biden is very much your establishment type of politician. He's, you know, he's running the same Obama playbook they ran uh, for eight years that didn't necessarily lead to massive prosperity. And right now, the American voters are going to have a massive backlash in November against it. You know, unfortunately, you know, we'll keep hearing about how President Biden can, you know, turn the ship around by passing Build Back Better, how he can, you know, change the uh, change the course by passing the PRO Act, which invalidates all state to right work laws, how he can change the course by passing a $15 minimum wage, how, you know, if they just raise taxes on all income levels and on billionaires and trillionaires, that they're going to be able to turn this thing around and it's going to cut the deficit. But the truth of the matter is that there's no political will right now in Washington to make any of the hard decisions that need to be made because, for the most part, President Biden has forced every single Democrat in Congress, for the most part, out on a limb. They're all out there, you know, supporting massive tax hikes. They're all out there supporting, you know, $1.75 trillion of, of Build Back Better, whatever that means. They're out there supporting all of these things. They're never going to get through the Senate. And President Biden can't run away from it now. You know, he can't come out and say, oh, well, in reality, I can't spend $1.75 trillion. I can maybe spend, you know, three or $400 trillion and we're going to cut taxes and we're going to deal with the deficit. He is stuck having to repackage that same jargon, that same old policy that failed last year because of Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. He's having to repackage those as deficit reduction policies right now because he has forced so many Democrats out on limb for it. These guys are going to lose regardless. But for him to kind of change course now and pivot and run to the center, it would absolutely destroy Democrats in the midterm. But I think eventually, hopefully, I'm hopeful, and people that I talk to are very hopeful that if that when Republicans come into the majority next year, if they retake the House and retake the Senate, that President Biden's going to have to run to the center. He's not willing to do it now because it would just end up decimating Democrats even more so. And unfortunately, the only people who are really, really hurting out there are the American voters and the guys who, you know, maybe voted for Obama and they voted for Trump, maybe they voted for Biden, and now they've got serious buyer's remorse. But politics is the crux of everything that happens in Washington, D.C., and we're seeing it now with the economy. We're seeing it with President Biden's agenda. We're seeing something we've never seen, in my opinion, and I've been paying attention to this since, uh, you know, Ford fell down the stairs and Nixon said, I'm not a crook. That's how old I am, Um, (laughs) is that there is a massive political divide, so much so that states are truly um, experiencing an influx, red states, of people who were trapped in these mafia blue states like Illinois. They're fleeing. And this is something in California, this is something in New York, and the people who are going to these red states are there to reject Democrats. I was just reading, you know, I'm in Florida right now, and I was just reading that DeSantis single-handedly may be able to wipe out four congressional seats. Um, It looks like Democrats aren't going to win anything in Florida. In fact, they're primarily going to be thrown out. I have to believe that the reality of, of Bidenomics and the feudalism and Joe Mencha, as he stumbles across and embarrasses the nation every single day, couple that with the damn breaking on the protection, information protection of what exactly Hunter Biden is, what he was and what he represents, is that we've got a, a, a compromised president in the White House. And 
couple this. I'm, I'm curious to know what is the feeling in Washington as they see more and more of what we knew two, 24 months ago, in some cases a decade ago, of Joe Biden's legacy of, of financial corruption to not just uh, unions in our country, but to enemies foreign in Ukraine and China and Russia. Do you think that this is adding to the possibility that Joe Biden may, in fact, be removed from office? Uh, I, I don't know if the president can be removed from office. I do, I do think it is kind of surprising these stories about Hunter Biden and Burisma and China and all these other you know companies, stories that I worked on when I was at Breitbart News during the 2020 campaign, stories that President Donald Trump was talking about during the 2020 campaign, but stories that just didn't make it out of the right-wing silo are now starting to kind of break through. And I think they're starting to break through because whatever is happening at the DOJ I think it's significantly indicating that either Hunter Biden is going to have to end up facing some sort of tax evasion charges, or they're coming to the realization that there was a lot of shady stuff that was going on with his foreign dealings. I mean, Burisma Holdings alone, this guy got paid $83,000 a month to sit on the board of a natural gas company in Ukraine, having no background in energy, having no background in, in, in Eastern Europe. And in reality, this probably would have gone uh, under the radar forever if they didn't find that laptop in Delaware and if that didn't lead to the, to the current events right now. I don't necessarily think the president's going to get removed. I do think that there is kind of a um, judicial reckoning coming for Hunter Biden. I don't know if it's going to lead to anything. Obviously, I think it's very, very, very inappropriate that we have an attorney general who was hired by President Biden, who reports to President Biden, who is technically in the line of command and is overseeing this investigation coming out of the attorney general's off, uh, out of the U.S. attorney's office in Delaware. A lot of Republicans, 95 Republicans in the House, are saying it's time for a special counsel to uh, uh, be appointed. Garland is obviously not going to do this because it's the no. same exact issue that happened under Clinton and that happened under Trump. Whenever you appoint a special counsel, it becomes a massive fishing expedition. And, uh, you know, I wish uh, Attorney General uh, Jeff Sessions probably had, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the ability and the wisdom to not appoint a special counsel like Robert Mueller, although that seems to work out pretty well, you know. No, uh, no evidence of, of Russian collusion was ever found. Uh, but I don't necessarily think this is going to lead to any sort of ramifications for President Biden, apart from worst poll numbers. But look, politics is all about kitchen table issues, the corruption angles, all that other stuff. It's really, really important. But if inflation is still high in 2024, if there's a massive recession, Americans are losing their jobs because the Fed has hiked interest rates to a level that have never been seen, President Biden is not going to win re-election. The media will spin it whatever way they want, but at the end of the day, the election might be narrow, it might be contested, whatever, but he will not win re-election because Americans right now are blaming Democrats for the, for the hole that is being burned in their wallets because of inflation. And if that continues, if the economic situation continues to get significantly worse, they have no chance. Um, and I think that's, yeah. that's the reality, and I think all the other stuff obviously is important, and you know we should get to the bottom of it. I think truth matters and justice matters, and whatever Hunter Biden was doing overseas matters. And I think it should come to light, but you know, I'm not, I'm not praying, you know, I'm not holding my breath waiting for Biden to get impeached or have well, me resign over this. I think this is what I love at the, uh, at the ballot. This is what I love about you because truth matters. And that's why I read you in the Washington times, but I want you to do me a favor. Cause it's never, he's never called out on the carpet about it from 1929 to 1975 gas was under 50 cents in this country. The idea that this fossil, who was a child when gas was 31 cents and became a senator when it was 49 cents, gets to run on the idea that his pappy 
used to get upset when gas went up. Drives me crazy. Can you please mention this in one of your articles? <laughs> I will definitely try to mention that. Look, people are very upset about gas prices. I mean, you know, if, if you live um, anywhere outside of lower Manhattan or, you know, uh, yeah. Well, you could take the subway, and it never ends in tragedy, them. right? It's like, it's like <laughs> uh, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately so. Uh, you know, people are very, very upset about this. And, I mean, gas taxes, uh, you know, I don't think Democrats kind of understand this whole transition to electric cars. You had Pete Buttigieg come out there a few weeks ago and they said, well, if you're upset about gas taxes, go buy an electric car. If you can't afford four dollars and fifty cents per gallon for gas, you can afford seventy-five. No way you can afford a fifty-thousand-dollar car. Yeah, and then you got to plug it into the magic holes. Those bills never go up. Harris Alec, Washington Times. I love having you on. Please, I can't wait till the next time, and I can't wait to read my little dissertation of how Joe Biden is a bald-faced liar with plugs. Gas never was over (laughs) fifty cents when he was a kid. Thank you very much for coming on, Harris. Always a pleasure, Sean. Thank you so much for having me on. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. Catch Carl Jackson tonight at 7, right before Jay Sekulo at 9 on AM560, the answer. You know, McBeth, let's reach out to Jay Sekulo. I'd like to have him on the promoter show. He's a good guy, Jay Sekulo. All right, before I move on to... Uh, my next topic, we've got a, somebody has been on hold. Rhonda, West Suburbs. Yes. Hello? Rhonda. Yes, you're on. Yes. I just wanted to uh, tell you with this uh, abortion, I got a big problem with that. We got all types of people out there, you know, rallying for the shootings and killings to stop. But yet, you know, people are out there rallying to kill, you know, a, a child. You know, people want to say unborn child. Okay, it's still a living thing. So, a bunch of hypocrites. I'm a woman myself, and I'm saying this. You know, Uh, how can you justify one killing, and you don't justify the other? Because Democrats are not interested in thought and truth and reality. They're They're interested in rallying mindless support, and that's what the Democrat Party is, and that's how they got where they are. Simple. And they're also interested in working to assure that the opposition party never really has never really has the kind of opportunity to explain the policies. They need that pretentious war. They need the scandal. They need the fear. We all know the, the famous tell by a Democrat, really political operations manager and what their plan is because it's obvious now that the democrat mafia led by joe biden is corrupt it's obvious that they are failures it's obvious that they have nothing but they do have one ace in the hole and is there a way to maybe save the house most people don't think there is but the strategy that people are kind of thinking about now and it's it's driven not just by the left but by anybody who's in danger is we're going to have these one six committee hearings donald trump's going to be in the spotlight he was the reason. He wasn't on the ballot in 2018 when we had massive turnout that helped Democrats, that blue wave. It was because we nationalized the elections and made it about fear of Trump. That's what they got, fear of Trump. There was an obvious case of this. It was when Donald Trump, he, he went very specific, and he went after certain Democrat mafia strongholds, like Illinois, like Chicago specifically. You remember when uh, he wanted to help the people of Chicago and send in the National Guard that were subjected to the Lori Lightfoot corruption and failure of the Democrat mafia. You also remember when he said specifically 
let's save Michigan and throw Whitmer out. The next thing that happened, the very next thing, was the plot by the right-wing militia to kidnap Whitmer. You understand that? You remember that. The problem was, it was a FBI operation. It turned out to be fact, at the time speculation, that the FBI had entrapped morons, part of a militia. It turns out that the courts saw it the same way, and they threw out the case against the militia. And yet there was something that happened just the other day that I find very troubling, and it was a tell to me by the corrupt Democrat governor, who I believe worked with the FBI in the false flag plot. Governor Whitmer appearing in public but avoiding questions and taking extra precautions after the trial surrounding an alleged plot to kidnap her. Throughout the politically charged trial, the governor has stayed out of the fray, insisting she's focused on other things. That trial ended Friday with no convictions. Two of the alleged plotters were acquitted and the other two will be tried again. Sean Lay joins us live after trying to get a word with the governor. Sean, it's clear her security team, they have really ramped things up. Now why? She is a politician. Her job, in essence, is to speak to the people, to talk. Why in the world would she avoid questions on this? That's true, guys. Good evening to you. Look, the jury made its decision late Friday afternoon. The governor has made no comment about the case so far except for a statement from her spokesperson. But it is clear from what we're seeing is that her security has been stepped up. Take a look. Governor Whitmer speaking at a road repair crew safety event today in Commerce Township. The media asked not to broadcast the governor's appearance prior to the event. Why were they asked not to broadcast the appearance? It's an appearance. This, believe me when I tell you, ties in to January 6th. We were told the governor would not be taking questions afterwards, and she did not stop to talk about the jury's decision Friday in her kidnapping case. Can we respectfully ask for a, a reaction to Friday, respectfully? Two of the four people hit with federal charges in the case are free. The jury was deadlocked on the charges facing the other alleged ringleaders. Now, I want you to put yourself in the governor's position. You're a governor, and you find out there is a plot by militia members to kidnap you. The FBI breaks it up. We got the bad guys. We're going to try them. They are acquitted, two of them. Other two are going to be, was a hung jury, and don't worry, they're going to try him again. Why were they acquitted? Well, they were acquitted because it was a case of entrapment. That's what the jury believed. Not me, the jury. She has no comment on this. None. The victim of this alleged plot. Retired Detroit Police Chief and Security Expert Steve Dolan says the governor's security team ramping up her security following the jury's decisions is not surprising and is a smart move. It is surprising. It turns out there was no plot by those people who were labeled a militia, who were labeled right-wing kooks. It turns out there was no plot by them. Why would you ramp up security? This group could be more emboldened to take other action against the government. because, like, hey, they didn't find them guilty, so let's give it a shot. Uh, no one's going to trust the feds anymore, so let's do it. Dolan says... So is she afraid of the FBI or the militia? 312-642-5600. To be targeted for a violent kidnapping would shake anyone up. And the jury's decisions in the kidnapping case would also add to that fear. She's still a mother with two kids. And now her whole family has to live like this with extra security? That's just uh, it's not right. Yeah, now you know how Chicagoans feel, only they don't have 
government. Back here live, Michigan State Police, they provide security for the governor. We spoke with them today, and look, they don't comment on the governor's security, which is certainly understandable. A lot of no commenting going on. A lot of no commenting going on. It turns out the FBI had not only infiltrated said militia, made up about 50% of the said militia, it also turns out, it appears, the idea of the plot was the idea of uh, FBI, apparatchik. I still want to know who Ray Epps is. I still want to know who those guys break in the windows in the Capitol were. I guess I'm going to have to wait for the trial. It probably won't happen until, what, maybe when Pfizer releases the data on the vaccine. Robert Bloomingdale. How are you doing today? All right. I'm a little aggravated with the, with the fact that I believe our government has been infiltrated in the bureaucracies by Marxist apparatchiks to the mafia. But other than that, everything's great. I agree with you on that one. Uh, you know, this whole case with the militias, this seems strange. Here's a question I want to ask my wife and I want to know. In your opinion and the other listeners' opinions... Well, wait, let's clarify. This... I am not your wife. Now, go ahead. No, I said my wife, not your wife. All right, good. You never know. we got to clarify. These are strange times. Go ahead. Yeah, I understand. No. Where is one? Could this be... They're silly. Anyway, could this be possibly Wittners trying to pull off this this whole thing, which is weird, could be just something to blame President Trump in the long run. You know, a plot, a scam, like a Jesse Smollett type of deal. Of you course know. it is. Of course. Yeah. That's why she doesn't want to be questioned. Uh-huh. Of course. You mean to tell me, it, well, here, let it, let's put it this way. If the FBI didn't notify her of what they're doing, boy, that would make the FBI culpable, wouldn't it? And then maybe the wrong guys are on trial. Uh-oh. You better stop thinking like this, Robert, you radical, you crazy. <laughs> hey, Sean, yeah, Hooper's yeah. probably turning in his grave right now. Well, I don't know. I think he'd be celebrating. After all, he could prance around in his mother's closing out in the open. It would be, he might, well, he was the head of the FBI. It might actually keep him in power for a little bit longer. Thank you very much. I, uh, I'm i not sure that, that, that this was the last false flag. I'm not sure. I like to connect things, though. I like to think. After all, if they're capable of something so obvious, something where even a jury had to acquit, what aren't they capable of? I mean, it would kind of answer so many of the wrong doings in January 6th. What is that committee doing? Aren't they interested? Here's another thing. We have all these Congress birthing people and Adam Kinzinger and the rest of them. Aren't they curious about this case? Shouldn't they ask, well, if you're capable of doing this, maybe we should find out exactly where Ray Ups is. And exactly who were those people you didn't charge? I think this is a tell. I think it's not just a dead-end story of a politician that doesn't want to be questioned. I think it is fits right into the other tactic. Let's take Donald Trump, take that 1-6 committee, the threat he poses to democracy, make him still the face of the Republican Party. I'm not endorsing the strategy. I'm saying this is what a lot of people are talking about doing. Make him the face of the Republican Party. Talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Madison Cawthorn. Say this party is crazy town. It's Trumpist. Trump is a threat to our democracy. Isn't that what they said about the militia? I mean, that's all they really have. Because if you look at the reality of what they create, the turmoil, the failure, the feudalism, the corruption, you couldn't elect one of these morons in some third world hellhole. But you can't hear they've got the ace up their sleeve make try to make democratic base voters scared again it's the it's they 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 can't motivate them on the basis of hope 
or their pocketbooks or any of these accomplishments, they have to scare the crap out of them and get them to come out. And then maybe, and I, this is a, a dark thought, the other thing that people look at as a, as a variable is the possible repeal of Roe v. Wade and that being a motivating factor for a lot of Democratic voters. And if you, that those things are on the horizon. That's all they got. Fear and the continued ability for mothers to kill their children. That's it. That's the Democrat platform. Fear. Because they need the cult of safety. Because if they look behind the curtain, they'll see what everybody else sees. I think he got those jobs on his own in Ukraine and China, and it had nothing to do with who his dad was. Even a Democrat can put these pieces together. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. AM560, the answer. A little funky town. You got it still. You still got it. You're just built like a union business agent. All right. I'm reminding you that I will be live tomorrow. We don't take days off. I don't. It's not just because I'm a much better Catholic we'll than do it Joe live. Biden. Okay. We'll do it live. No. We'll do it live. I love that. One of my favorite all-time clips. Which reminds me, I want to. I do want to end with a little SNL. Um. What I just said on the, on the previous segment is something that would have gotten me kicked off YouTube if I wasn't already kicked off YouTube. Because in this country, unfortunately, if you buck the status quo propaganda from the state, you are now deplatformed. That is a tragedy. That is a tragedy. There was a time in this country where the idea of that kind of censorship of thought or that kind of speculation was... Open And the more ridiculous it was, then it was welcomed. Then let's have the argument. Those arguments are not to be had anymore. And that is why I happen to think this way. It's clear to me that the government is not only in the collusion business with certain entities that are supposed to protect the people. It is why we have the current circumstance we have and the idea that we're living in a nation where an ex-president could be deplatformed leads you to believe that the people who are the oligarchs from Silicon Valley are in on the scam. Yes, it does. And it reminds me that there was a contract problem, and it was around this contract problem, and it wasn't a problem. It was that the people were being made aware of it, that there were billions and billions of dollars in Pentagon contracts between Google and Amazon and Alphabet. Google owns everything. But it so happens that information of the government having record revenue that we, it just came out, they had over $2.1 trillion in revenue in the first quarter. That's astonishing to me. That should be talked about. See, the problem is they like the information redacted to the people. And it happens that they're going to double down on it. This is a clip from just the other week. We have just gotten word that the Pentagon is asking four big tech companies to submit new bids for a multi-billion dollar cloud contract after this summer canceling a $10 billion deal called Jedi with Microsoft amid criticism from Amazon who competed for that contract over potential political interference during the prior administration. A new solicitation posted this morning online sees the Pentagon asking Amazon Web Services, Google, Microsoft, and Oracle to bid for this new cloud contract the size of which remains unclear but certainly it does explain why information rebuking government corruption gets redacted it does explain the current circumstances the problem is we don't have an alternative right now and we need to get one it's crucially important we do otherwise we are going to unfortunately fall into that european socialist feudalism that so many of the democrat mafia members admire 
I want to push back against it. I love pushing back against it. This is why I don't take tomorrow off. We're not going to take tomorrow off, but I do want to end with a little levity because there was a simpler time when you could make fun of things. The land is flat and bleak as you look towards Crimea. That's not the right clip, Honey Bunny. I was going to end with Saturday Night Live and a little Norm MacDonald. For years, Hillary Rodham Clinton has told people that she was named for the first man to climb Mount Everest, Sir Edmund Hillary. But as Esquire magazine recently pointed out, Sir Edmund did not climb Mount Everest until 1953, six years after Hillary was born. However, the First Lady does have a good explanation for the discrepancy. She loves to lie. Given his lack of experience in these areas, energy in, in Ukraine and energy in China, it, it, you can understand where people would think, gee, they were doing business with Hunter because they wanted to have some influence on Joe. No, they wanted to impress the professor. Well, I've never believed that. Oh, I well, believe we know capa- quite better than that, so you're right. The- no, but you know, let me just talk for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, the, I'm a professor. You are the pro- Yeah, you're a professor. You were a professor. You were a truck driver. You grew up on a farm. Your father talked about gas prices. And you're not corrupt. You should be removed tonight. I'll be back tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.